Generals, as usual, this podcast is brought to you by Shirt Caviar. Visit shirtcaviar.com today and pick up that exclusive One Gram Army t-shirt. And check out other t-shirt designs so sick, you won't be able to help but shirt yourself. Also, you can support this podcast directly by visiting patreon.com slash onegramarmy. Patrons receive access to exclusive content and a shout-out on each and every episode of this podcast for the life of their subscription. And now, on to the show. Welcome. Welcome to the One Grand Army Podcast. Thank you for listening to my daddy's stupid podcast. And remember, his head is full of doo-doo, so don't listen to anything he says. Generals, why welcome to the One Graham Army Podcast, where I am Graham, and I'm trying to do the intros a little bit differently. I hope uh, you've been enjoying the podcast to this point. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. And I'm sorry. <clears throat> Seriously, though, if you're a longtime listener, uh, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback about that fucking interview I did with the uh, uh, talking unicorn. I was pretty sure that was the dumbest thing I've ever done in my entire life. And uh, for people who know me, that is a very, very uh, expansive statement. So thank you for enjoying that, and I hope you enjoy this. Today, we're going to talk to Adam. It's been a minute. This is quarantine day number 120-something. You may be in the 130s by now. Who knows? It's been a long time since we had anybody in studio Although Adam illustrates the point personified as to why we haven't, because Adam has coronavirus. Uh, is spoiler alert? He's doing fine. He does actually like I've been talking to him since he tested positive and was a little bit sick. He's doing perfectly fine at this point, and uh, we won't talk about it too much. But I feel like you should know that this virus is super contagious and you don't want to get it. So put on a mask and stay home when you can. Um, was there something else I want to, I did, I did mention, I did apologize for that stupid, uh, unicorn episode. Um, I did want to use this time to shout out as usual, BB, um, Loose Assholes, Jim Nunya, Rugged Russ, obviously Tony Baltimore, who will at some point start doing Pod Caviar again, allegedly. He said sometime in August it will be back in some form. And I don't know if that means it's going to be an OnlyFans or some sort of run at the presidential election, but whatever Tony does, I've got his back as he has had mine. Uh, although I haven't talked to him since I did the unicorn video. So who knows who's left? Uh, oh, and I did also want to mention, don't forget to check out the Babylon and Dablin podcast. I appeared on there. And those guys recently interviewed an actual, for real, libertarian vice presidential candidate. And I ran an ad on their show. And I'm not totally sure if they played it or not, but I hope they did. Because I don't know what I'm talking about, but I feel like my ad was pretty funny and poignant to the discussion 
All right, I'm sorry. I know the energy's super weird on this one. Also, right before I started this podcast, I smashed my toe in the door of the office here at the Ministry of Silly Talk, which is where the One Grand Army podcast is recorded, and it hurts super bad, and it's my pinky toe. Like, as a man, I don't know if you ever want to really feel felled by something stupid, but mashing your pinky toe in a door... And then just like kind of like noodling through it, like eh, eh. like I'm scared to take my sock off because I'm pretty sure my toe is going to fall out on the floor. So if when you hear the sounds of me like moving the microphone or swiveling in my chair, if every now and then I'm like, eh, it's because my pinky toe hurts, buddy. Shit. I mean, even gangsters hurt their pinky toes. Okay. Uh, I think that was all the upfront business. There were other people that needed to be thanked for listening. You know who you are, and if you feel like you're being left out of the uh, shout-outs, dial 847-665-9238 and yell at me, especially if you watch that stupid unicorn interview and it upset you. It upset me, too, and I did it. I'm responsible for it, and watching it bothered me to no end. So if you got a problem with it, Hit me up, 847-665-9238. Using the One Gram Army hotline at 847-665-9238 is me, and I'm about to call Adam right now. Let's see. Is it going to work? Oh, and it's ringing. It's ringing. General. General. There he is. Okay, it's working now. Uh, technical difficulties again. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I just, you know, my, my pinky toe. <laughs> <laughs> I just got done I just got done explaining in the intro about my pinky toe and it's interesting oh, that yeah. I would complain about how bad I hurt my pinky toe considering your situation. Oh dude, I'm feeling better. But yes, you're right. It has been an interesting week. You the, uh... sound Listen, I'm just going to tell people too cuz I I don't want to sound like I'm sugarcoating things. Like from now until since the day before yesterday, you sound normal now. Yes, I do. I feel somewhat normal now. You know, I don't even feel maybe a little slight ick. But COVID nineteen was not as bad as I thought it would be. Well, I think that's to be gonna, honest. Well, I think that's the reality of it, and that would be how most people react to it. The problem yeah. is there's enough of the population who aren't going to have that reaction that it's an issue for like you know hospitals. Uh, employers, yeah, yeah. you know, there's like, there's a lot of implications to it, but I will say that I'm very glad that you're, you've like weathered it as well as you have. Yeah, it was a very mild flu like symptoms. Um, I definitely caught up on a lot of Netflix. Um, I'm really fucking good at call of duty now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I watched a lot of porn. Can't really do much when you're sick, but I tried. They gave it the old, uh, middle school effort. You got to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's uh, good. To, that's good, too, though. And, you know, and it's one of those, It's you know, it speaks to the fucked up nature of the virus like, sociopolitically that as a someone in the service industry, you had to actually get coronavirus to experience quarantine, which is something yeah, that mean, a lot of other of us have been experiencing since fucking March, which is why my last yeah, episode I, I only, was me interviewing about- a stuffed animal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to lose a couple marbles here and there. Mm-hmm. I got to experience about three weeks of quarantine broken up during the major time when everything was shut down. But I did work at a liquor store for part of it, of course, and it reopened. But 
even during the quarantine, you know, I wasn't sick. Neither was my girlfriend and her kids or my mom, my dad. So, you know, we were bouncing around between houses where people weren't sick since we weren't going out and doing stuff, still spending time with people. This has been a lot different. This has been me by myself rolling solo, you know, definitely getting a lot of no contact order food orders in. Oh, yeah. Um, That's an important part yeah, of quarantine but, is not seeing the people who bring you burritos. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's been interesting. Like I said, a lot of Netflix, a lot of video games. I was telling Graham uh, before we did the show tonight, we, uh, my, I've been laying in bed so much my legs are starting to cramp. I'm used to being on them for yeah. hours on end, and now I'm literally getting out of bed and doing stretches. I yeah. look like a, like a 1980s infomercial about 3 a.m. every day. You know? <laughs> well, you got to think about it, man. Your whole adult life has always been basically about up and down, up and down, up and down, walking around, walking around, back and forth, back and forth. Oh, yeah. And then, like, the, you know, yeah. the, you know your, your existence depended on you being able to chill out for a minute. And you could, like, and that has actually had probably a negative effect on your, like, muscle structure. Oh, yeah. I mean, between policing and construction and bartending and, you know, and then extracurricular activities, working out and whatnot, then extracurricular activities, bartending, you know, hooking up with every fucking college chick I could for, you know, years. <laughs> I'm not used to sitting still. Yeah. yeah and so it's, it's been interesting. You know, I, I think the first two days were actually the roughest because I was like, I knew there was another 12 coming after those. And I was like, this is, this is bullshit. Yeah. I don't know what to fucking do. I would start a movie, get 20 minutes in, turn it off, play a video game, turn that off, go back, start another movie. I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Dude, I, that <laughs> has been, that's been the strangest thing about quarantine for me to this point was that everyone was like, oh, I watched all of Netflix. And I was like, look, just because I've been stuck in the house for four months doesn't mean that I want to watch shit I wouldn't enjoy normally. Yeah, yeah, that, that's kind of... I've gone back and watched a few I've already, you know, I love watching classics, watching new stuff, but I'm not going to torture myself just because there's nothing else to do. Right. Yeah. You don't, you haven't, you haven't started uh, rewatching Frasier yet. I've never watched Frasier. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't start down that That's rabbit hole then, because actually that was a bad example because Frasier is a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> deal. Deal. <laughs> yeah, don't go down that road. No. I finished watching the, probably the best sci-fi show I've ever seen, and I know you're a Trekkie, so take that with a grain of salt, but The Expanse on Amazon, I'm going to do a shameless plug for it, is by far one of the best sci-fi shows I've seen in the past 10, 15 years. Nice. It is absolutely, I mean, the only, only other sci-fi show I've ever loved that much has been Firefly. Damn. Yeah, I actually, I actually did like Firefly, but I was real young when I used to watch that. It's been a long time since I saw it. I probably watch Firefly at least once a year. Nice. Uh, I really, really, really enjoy Josh Whedon's take on Space Cowboys. There was so. another show that used to be on sci-fi. What the fuck was it called? I cannot remember now. It was like Lexus, maybe? Uh, Lex? Farscape? Lex? <laughs> no, Lex. It was. It was L-E-X-X. I think this is the show I'm thinking of. Yeah, it was a total trip. Hold on. Sci-fi TV show. Yeah, it was like they flew. Yeah, this was it. Yeah, and like they, it was like a janitor rescued like this hot clone and there was an android and they stole this like ship that looked like a giant dick with like but its balls were um 
Its balls were flies' eyes. Look, people think I'm making that up or that that's some kind of like really terrible description, but I encourage everyone to Google Lex, L-E-X-X TV series and look at the ship and you will see what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. And it had this total smoke show like redhead chick who was like the like main character or the main female. It was very formative right. in my eighth grade years. But I feel like we've gone down a dangerous rabbit hole here. <laughs> I'll have to choose it. Is it on any screen search I don't know. You would have to see you'd have to look. Uh streaming. Let's see. Because I know I uh, Lex I is on uh, Amazon Prime. It is, yeah. It is awesome. Yeah, well, that's I, what I've been watching a lot of lately. Netflix has not had much to offer in the past few months that I haven't already seen. I would check it out. I would check it out. We'll do. We'll do, General. Um. What? So, what is that? Is that is that your heavy breathing due to coronavirus, or is no, that just that normal being fat? That's, that's, <laughs> sorry i would make it fun of you for being fat but that's how i breathe sometimes during the day i'll be like oh man i'm really out of breath i may have coronavirus and i'm like actually no it's just because you walk down the hallway too fast you piece of shit <laughs> no i was trying to hold the phone with one ear and i'm trying to open a bottle of wine with the other god hand, damn you, know? <laughs> you, can, you got fancy quarantine going on Oh, I'm I'm out of fucking booze. <laughs> all that kind of, and I do enjoy a good bottle of red wine. So. Having a little fucking vino with yourself there. Yeah, a little a good night, a nice little Pinot Noir, you know. Yeah, wrong I, I, I was having I had a little bit of a red Zinfandel last night, but I was not impressed with it. I didn't finish it. I prefer the Pinot. Yeah, no, I no. Do. That's yeah, what I like bartending has. That's what bartending has done for me is broadened my horizon with alcohol. Um, about the only things I don't drink is vodka and rum. Oh, okay, okay. I could I could see that. Yeah, vodka and rum are good things to avoid. Although, interestingly yeah. enough, this weekend the reason we're having to record this podcast on Monday is because I had like a weird, like childless weekend this weekend, and I was making bloody marys in the middle of the day. And by about four <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon, because I'm old, my body'd be like, "Ew, why don't you lay down for a minute?" And that'd be in the end of my day. Mistakes can be made with vodka, but a Bloody Mary isn't. It's like drinking your your lunch, but more enjoyably, you know. Yeah, and without any nutritional value too. That's a big part yeah, of it. yeah. Now, as a bartender, I can't stand making Bloody Marys. Everyone wants them differently. You never know how they like them. Yeah, well, people are fucking dicks. Uh, yeah, that's. Oh yeah, you should, certainly shouldn't take it take it to heart if you make a Bloody Mary. Ooh, excuse me, make a Bloody Mary for someone, and they're like, eh, I prefer more Worcestershire sauce. Well, that's why I just take the Worcestershire sauce and just dump half the bottle into the glass. Yeah, well... I'm definitely not the bartender. You you, you tell me your drink's wrong when I know I made it right. Yeah, well, and that's <laughs> and that's little do most people who drink Bloody Marys know that, like, that balance between Worcestershire and hot sauce is fucking, like, what makes the Bloody Mary work, and... You I mean, whatever you say, yeah. But whatever you say, you want more Worcestershire than you do hot sauce, and you want the right amount of tomato juice. I'm texting yeah. Bree to ask her to bring me a smigret, but she's not bringing me one. Hold on a second. Here, talk to the audience. <laughs> Give me a say. You tell them a story. Hold on. 
Oh, Tell him God. the most horrifying the spot, police General. story in history. The most horrifying police story in history. Okay, well, we had this one um, young lady who, uh, by young lady, she's about 14. She would run away probably every week or two. She would run away from home. And she had these two young gentlemen. I can't remember their names, but uh, she would either go to one of their houses or whatever, and we normally find her bring her home. Well, her name, Star Ortega meant to be a stripper from the get-go and one day we get a call you know of course she's missing so we go to one we go to one individual's house knock on the door he's not there mom says he's not there and he might be at the other young gentleman's house so we go back over there gonna go see if you know they're both there see if they know where she is at so we knock on the door and the young gentleman that lives that house his father answers the door we ask if they've seen Star. They say no. And then we ask if uh, they've seen the other young gentleman. He goes, yeah, he's upstairs in my bedroom. Let's find if we speak to him to see if he's seen this lady. So like, sure. So we go upstairs. We go into this bedroom, and the kid's not there. Well, he couldn't have come downstairs from the door, front door. We can see the staircase. There's no other exits. All windows are closed. There's the rooms. He's not in the rooms. So we're looking around. And then I notice under the bed a pair of feet. Oh, shit. This kid is hiding under the bed, but he forgot to tuck his feet under the bed. Now, he's not in trouble. We literally just want to talk to him about finding this kid. So we're like, hey, man, you know, come out from under the bed. And he's ignoring us, acting like, you know, he doesn't move. We can't see him. Yeah. So I keep telling like him. The I was T-Rex like T-Rex on Jurassic Park. So I take. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I thought. So I take the um, prong, like the little cartridge off my taser, so it's just now a stun gun and turn the light on, stick it under the bed. And I just flick it. I don't touch him with it, I just turn it on. And this little 14-year-old boy lifts a queen-size bed, mattress, frame, everything off the ground, screaming, No, don't tase me, bro! No, don't tase me! No, no, no! <laughs> Jesus Christ. We, you know, we get him off of the bed, and we're like, Dude, listen, we're not looking for you, we're just looking for Star. He's like, oh shit, man, I ain't seen that bitch in like two weeks. So, yeah. Jesus. Probably not the most violent and glory, glory story, but definitely got a kick out of seeing a 14-year-old lift a bed up like that. He went straight Hulk on us because of a taser. Well, and a lot of the, the fact that you don't take a, a tremendous amount of joy in that is why you're not a cop anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Let me ask you this, though. <laughs> I got to ask you this, okay? And this is not like, this isn't like, this isn't trolling or some kind of like gotcha thing, because I know because I know you and I know how reasonable you are. Um, so I, I'm not trying to get political here, right? But we are living in a time where like everyone's hypocrisy is being exposed at the speed of light, right? Yeah. Like, you know, in the early onset of the pandemic, people who were against guns went out and bought them in mass people who were. Uh, but now we're in a situation where people who have allegedly been stockpiling arms due to a belief that uh, it's their job to protect citizens from executive overreach from the federal government and to defend yeah. states' rights are now supporting federal troops going into American citizens and cities and black-bagging American citizens. <coughs> those are bootlickers and those are weak people. If you truly stockpile your weapons to defend against you know, a corrupt, corrupt government, tyrannical government, then you're not going to support 
black bagging citizens and throwing them into rental vans. Right. Even if you disagree with them, right? That's the thing that's been so complicated about that, what's been yeah. going on lately. Is like, like, like the whole a, point of our country is to no, go ahead. be able to disagree without government interference. Right. And and the fact that the country is so big that and we're so diverse that there's room for a variety of opinions. And even if you disagree with someone's opinion, it doesn't mean that they're somehow subhuman. Amen. Like, the only people do, that are subhuman in my mind are Tea Party members. Right. Well, that's just because a lot of those people are clearly mentally deficient. But what I'm saying is that like even like even those people, though. Right. See, this is a thing. This is this is a thing that has caused me to have a lot of conflicts with people I know is like, you know, a lot of people don't know it. But like where I grew up in Chicago is like right next to Skokie, Illinois. Now, Skokie, Illinois, there's a movie about this. Skokie, Illinois is a city that at one point had more Holocaust survivors per capita than anywhere on Earth other than Israel. Like, really? Yeah. Per capita, like of the number of people that lived in this town, whatever. So it's like a heavily Jewish population. Well, like the KKK at one point planned a march there, right? Uh, and actually, I, I may be speaking out of class. It may not have been a clan, but, you know, a bunch of dumb crackers who wanted to tell everybody about how racism was cool, right? But yeah. at that time, the ACLU actually defended their right to hold that rally there because of the First Amendment, mm-hmm. right? Like, which, like... Which was a point in my life where I realized that kind of the importance of like American values and like the the way this is constructed is that like even if your ideas are dumb as shit, you do have a still have a right to peacefully assemble and yeah. to you have a right to be an idiot in public. Right, exactly. And also contrarily, people have a right to show up and tell you to eat dicks. You know what I mean? Like counter protesting yep. also qualifies, but Absolutely. like these, these things. And that's why I've, cause even as someone who leans super far left where I've had a problem with the way some things have went in recent history is like, even though I lean super far left and I own guns, me and you probably have some minor fundamental differences in the way we believe firearms should be legislated that doesn't mean that either one of us thinks that we have all the fucking answers you know what i mean it doesn't mean that there's no yeah. value to the discussion well that's why we, we have the discussion because we're able to recognize that problem is no one else in this country it seems like on a grand scale can recognize that a conversation is more fucking powerful than anything right and if you're yeah, a neo-nazi if you're a neo-Nazi, I do think you should get kicked in the nuts, but it also doesn't, but yeah. see, and even if you're someone in, who lives in this country and you fundamentally believe that there are other people who live in this country who, like, shouldn't, um, I can disagree as vehemently with you as I want, but I get concerned if the government decides to come in and silence your voice in the same way i would be, i'm concerned that the government is coming in and sending federal troops in to silence the voices of people speaking out against racism exactly you know it's like in uh, glorious bastards where brad pitt cuts the swastika on someone's forehead i want to know who they are i want to have the freedom to say who they are so i know to avoid and yeah. i know who to argue with yeah and it's public record now You've taken that stance, yeah. and it shall play out however it plays out. And odds are it won't play out well, and I'm okay with that, too. 
yeah. You know, I'm not a, I'm not against violence in, in a just terms. You know, peace is nice, and if peace can be accomplished, that's fine. But there comes a point where, you know, you got to hoist the black flag. Yeah, well, I'm only against violence because I'm tremendously lazy. <laughs> well, that's why they make long. That's why they make long distance shooting rifles, yeah. Graham. That's, <laughs> that's what drum magazines are for, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they make belt. They make belt-fed twenty-two caliber uppers and nine-millimeter uppers for AR-15. Jesus Christ! A belt-fed twenty-two upper is a bad idea. <laughs> no, that's a great. It's, it's idea. a bad ass. Okay, idea. we're gonna take a quick tangent. Oh yeah, we we're, well, we're ar- well, we're already on several watch lists, so let's just keep digging. This is gonna be fun. So, <laughs> uh, I, I know you know. I don't know how much of our viewers know, but I am. Um, how he says, I'm not a gun nut. I'm a gun aficionado. Um, it's a hobby, a passion. I'm a gun nut. Yeah, you're I like my guns. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. but you're it's good not, guy. It's, you know, I, I enjoy the collecting of it, and I enjoy the, the the science behind how they work and terminal ballistics and all that. Well, I spend a lot of time when I'm chilling with a girlfriend and we're watching something I've already watched or whatever. I'm on my phone. I'm looking on Gun Broker and all these other things, and I go on YouTube and watch certain channels and. There's this one channel, Demolition Ranch. The guy on there has found, and then I found it later on as well, it's a Tipman 9mm Glock magazine fed Gatling gun. Jesus Christ. So it's hand cranked, and it's it's a miniature one. It's right. about maybe a foot and a half long, and it's got wheels. You can, you know, wheel it around. But he mounted it in the side door of an Astro, and then set up a course in his gun range, drove, and his and his friends did drive-bys on Coke bottles and stuff like that, two liters, with his Gatling gun. Right. When I saw that, I started getting ideas for when girlfriend and I finished this move. Well, then, I'm on Gunbroker, and I see this bowling ball cannon for only $500. Oh, God. (laughs) So I asked the girlfriend, once we move, if I could buy it. She says, once we move, I can get the bowling ball cannon. Well, that was... And then I started thinking about it. Well, if she doesn't mind the bowling ball cannon, she won't mind the Gatling gun. I feel like that's so a stretch. So now I've got her convinced. <laughs> I, I mean, I've got... Okay, what's more dangerous, a cannon or a Gatling gun? I'm really not sure because both have a high probability... I'm not either, but we're going to find out. <laughs> both have a high probability <laughs> for hitting the wrong target, right? Like, both are, like, not necessarily ideal for precision strikes would be my concern. Well, I'm just thinking, you know, What's what's the best home defense? They are 15. Or if you come into my house and you see me there in my fucking boxer briefs, nothing else, with a fucking grill lighter and a a cannon. cannon. No, that's it. Have at me. Yeah, with your fucking and your boxers with your Napoleon hat on. (laughs) You damn right. (laughs) You may not. You may not ever have to light it, and you definitely won't ever have to worry about anybody coming in there again. No, no, but I'm definitely sitting, setting video cameras up in that hallway because I'm recording that shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm having trouble getting this that image wiped just... from my brain. I don't have any whiskey around me, so unfortunately I'm going to be stuck with that one for a minute. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I want it to happen though. I do, and fuck a grill oh, lighter. Dude, I want I, you to have one of those uh, the fl- the little like lit f- like little flags like they would have in the movies. 
you know, like where it's like that little piece <laughs> of cloth, like little like pro, uh, uh, kerosene soaked cloth on the end of a stick, stand ready, <laughs> standing at attention with your crooked fucking Napoleon hat on in your boxers. <laughs> I'm going to have the kids on like rotation every night, making sure that the torch stays lit every <laughs> evening. <laughs> Oh, we can be prepared. <laughs> Why do I have to keep doing this every night? It'll pay off eventually. <laughs> You'll see. You'll see. <laughs> like sixty-seven, and someone finally breaks in. <laughs> yeah, like, like, Two days later, I die happy. Yeah, <laughs> or it's or it's like tonight's the night, and the torch isn't lit, and you're like, "Fuck, <laughs> fuck!" Years of vigilance <laughs> down the toilet. The AR-15. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then yeah, and then you're like, "Oh god damn it!" And drum magazine. And then I gotta go. Yeah, go to the gun closet and see what. What am I gonna kill you with? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I hope it's the can. Cannon, though i hope it's the ca- i hope the cannon yeah i hope the I cannon the can- gets well, the cannon's 500 <laughs> the gatling gun's about seven grand so oh well that's easy the cannon's more feasible yeah even if you want both you got to start somewhere yeah well i mean i don't mind saving up and spending a lot of money on firearms i've done it already and i'm going to continue to do it oh yeah but seven thousand i'm going to buy something a little bit more usable for seven grand yeah or just something you know that fits somewhere other than because i'm looking at this uh these tipman nine millimeter gatling guns and they're like the most ridiculous fucking thing i've ever seen in my life they're mounted on like <laughs> giant like fucking like tonka truck wheels these are ridiculous oh, yeah, yeah i want one so bad because I, I was trying to convince the girlfriend to let me mount it on um, like to buy a van, like the guy in Demolition Demil- Ranch, and mount it inside, and she shot that down pretty quick. And then I said, "Well, your brother's got a boat. What if I mount it on the boat?" <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Why the fuck would you need a Gatling gun on the boat?" And I'm like, "There's alligators, yeah, on the fucking lake." Yeah, well, I'm saying, why I wouldn't gun, you need? You wouldn't have to worry about no fucking alligators. Yeah, why wouldn't you need a Gatling gun on a boat? Especially if you went to Lake Lanier, yeah. you could eat, you could shoot fucking monsters, the bodies of the dead, the ghosts. Fuck, dude! If I if I had a if I had a Gatling gun on the boat, I'd go to Lake Wildwood and not worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just had a thought about how much fun it would be to go hog hunting in a van with a pull-out door and a fucking 9mm Gatling gun. You wouldn't be able to eat. On that note, I'm going to have to send you a YouTube video. Yeah. There's YouTube videos of them in a a fucking helicopter with a minigun hunting hogs. Oh, my God. Not a Gatling gun, a Gal 18-style minigun. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's a, yeah... I mean, it's such a gimme too, because you got to get rid of those hogs, and the uh, it was it's so wide open. Yeah, well, it's so wide open for people with massive guns to be like, "Well, I'll get rid of them." Oh no, I mean, I I don't want to hunt deer because it's not fair. They can't kill me. Right? Hogs? I'm down to I'm down I'm down to hunt fucking hogs. Well, yeah, because you could find yourself in a fucked up situation with hogs, especially in Georgia. You could find yourself out in an area where, like, all of a sudden you're surrounded by 500-pound pigs with razor blades attached to their face. That sounds like a fucking great weekend to me. That means I get to carry a sidearm. Yeah, sounds like something I'd like you to hear you tell me about, and I'll be happy to take some of that meat off your hands. I do not. (laughs) 
It was like, it, you know, it was funny, too, because it was when I very first got down here. Uh, we were at work when I was in the Air Force, and it was a kid in our shop who was, like, from out here. And he was watching some hunting show, and he was watching them hunt hogs. And with a knife. Well, and the no. Well, what happened is these hunters had came across a hog that had kind of got like tied up in a fence, and they were like, "Well, this isn't very sporting. We're gonna go like cut this hog loose." And it wasn't a very big hog either. Like it was small. It was like the size of like a medium-sized dog. And the guy reached down to cut the barbed wire, and the hog just kind of barely tilted his head and it laid the dude's arm open from like his wrist to his shoulder like it like split the meat open in his arm he had to be like airlifted out and it was just from like the momentary glance i had no idea that those were like dinosaur razor teeth oh yeah dude they're dangerous they're dangerous you know my, my lieutenant when i was an officer he went hog hunting but they would hog hunt with dogs and a bowie knife and they they fucking have the dogs round them up, and then they come and they tackle them, and they kill them with a fucking knife. Jesus Christ! I don't care how much of a man I think I am, I am not that much of a man. Oh, I promise, I'm not. I'm not even in. I'm not in that ballpark. <laughs> I'm not Speaking even, of ballparks, yeah. I heard your team did well. Yeah, so baseball is back for at least the next few days. It's been. Uh, <laughs> It's been complicated. Yeah. What, what, what team had an outbreak? Uh, the Marlins. Well, see, the problem is, too, is that, like, it, you know, it speaks to, which is something that I'm sure you could attest to, how incredibly contagious coronavirus is, which is why so many people are getting super sick and why people are running up in the hospitals. Like, yes, your personal statistical ads, like if you can hear my voice, your odds are that you would contract it, get a little bit sick, and then be fine. Or you'd contract it and get real sick for a while and be fine, right? But there's also all of these people who, if they get it, will end up in the hospital for, like, weeks or end up on a ventilator or they'll die. And the virus is so contagious that so many people have gotten it that the fucking hospitals are full. You know what I mean? And if you're looking for an example of how contagious it is, so the Miami Marlins on Saturday knew they had two players test positive, right? And so they quarantined those players. They decided without communicating with the team they were playing against, who was the Philadelphia Phillies, they went, well, we'll go ahead and play the game. And then that Monday morning, the test results came out, and they were like, oh, actually 14 players on that team have coronavirus. So obviously we need to cancel your next game, and we need to cancel the game the Phillies were going to play while we test everybody. And yeah, well, fuck the those results. Right, I'm not worried about any of those people, but fucking like, as a matter of fact, my hopes are. <laughs> never mind, I'm not going to say that. But anyway, fucking, no, I hope the Phillies all get coronavirus. Yeah, sorry, well, I, 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 no, fuck uh, Phillies. Look, if people in people in Atlanta have the same feeling about the Phillies I have about the Braves, probably not, or about the Cardinals, probably not even as strong. But I'm saying, are so, the Braves like, still playing baseball? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Except, interestingly enough, see, so like the like the for some reason the NL East has been particularly hard hit, mostly because their spring training and everything has been in Florida, and these Julio Fangulios, if they're in Florida and the bars are open, they're going. Um, 
So they're getting coronavirus, but like it's so the, the what this is is a testament to how fucking contagious this thing is and how difficult yeah. it is to control in when you're talking about a, a, something as like resource heavy as Major League Baseball, but like these players these players are contracting it at an unbelievable clip and now they're starting to cancel games and my concern is is that you're not going to be able to get through the next two months without eventually there being an outbreak on every team. You know what I mean? And eventually having to shut it down. Even if no one gets tremendously ill, which statistically is unlikely because eventually, like, you know, the first time some, like, beloved pitching coach gets it and dies, that's definitely going to be the end of it. Yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right about that. It's, uh, it definitely... You know, I was, I'm not going to lie, I was not taking uh, the, the virus as serious as I probably should have up until I caught it. You were in a position in your life, though, where literally society had told you, if you want to live, if you want to eat, like if you want to feed your children, you have to go to work. And going to work came yeah, I mean, with an absurd amount of assumed risk. And I don't blame you at all for mentally putting a block in your head where you were like, well, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't afford to spend time worrying about it. me. I've been in my house since like the fucking middle of March. And so obviously I've had a lot of time <laughs> to mull this over, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, that's definitely something that, that with my career is uh, I'm going to probably have to face it uh, again. You know, they talk about some more pandemics possibly happening, you know, because China's got other outbreaks, and it kind of makes me worry about my entire industry, you know? This, this one isn't over yet. Yeah. Like, this <laughs> one isn't over yet. This this one this one is... I Listen, I'm not trying to frighten people, and after this, I'll try to tell some fart jokes when we wrap it up. But as you know, and as we've all seen from the data, where we are now is the beginning. Not yep. the middle, not the third quarter. This is the beginning. Like, this is where it starts. Yep. And there's I finally watched the movie Contagion, and good God, that was a bad idea. Yeah, definitely don't watch the movie Outbreak. Oh no, that one! I watched that one like the first day of it. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I did too. And then when they were like, when he's like, the fucking virus is airborne, was like right around the time the Who was like, we're pretty sure this is an aerosol, but uh, no one really wants to say that out loud because that would be bad. That would mean that like if you're a guy working in a bar, someone twelve feet away from you could like laugh real loud and you'd get coronavirus. Oh yeah. I mean, we had a customer that was suspected to have COVID-19 and still was coming out. And, you know, I can't, I can't tell them to leave. Jesus. Because <laughs> they they're not showing symptoms, you know. That's what I say. Yeah. That's what I wake up every yeah. morning and say. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I say when I wake up every afternoon. Yeah. Well, that's good, though. And you know what? Uh, you know, what? well, then on a positive note, you did get coronavirus, but you know what? You're fine now. And you and yeah, and, and, surviving it. and out of all of this horrifying pandemic, you, Adam Mitchell, finally have gotten your chance to chill the fuck out like everyone else did. You're right. You're right. I got I got a staycation first time in 
10 years. Yeah. 10 years. I've you got were a fucking staycation. I mean, it definitely came with the part where over the last few days you were like, am I dying? But you're not. So enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, I just killed an entire bottle of wine while being on the phone. So that's great, dude. And I'm glad that I was able to facilitate that. But look, man, we'll, we'll fucking we'll do this again because we've done 40 minutes. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but it had to be better than me interviewing a fucking stuffed animal. Um, I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to watching that episode. Oh, God. Yeah, do watch it, but, you know, just be gentle. No, 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 no promises. <laughs> All right. Well, look, man, I'm going to, as a matter of fact, I'm going to fucking end the phone call and the episode at the same time because I'm sick of filling space. So, uh, good night to you, sir. Good night to all of our listeners. Don't forget, uh, dial 847-665-9238 and tell me what I forgot. And um, if you go to Friends on the Hill, make sure it's in 2022. (laughs) 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 All right, family. Look, I love you. Be safe, fucking, and I'll talk to you tomorrow, all right? Take care. Yeah, man. Welcome. One gray. One Graham. Welcome to the One Graham Army Podcast. Welcome. One One Graham. Welcome. One One Graham. Welcome. One One Graham. Welcome to the One Graham Army Podcast.